Welcome to the podcast of the fabulous Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Michael Gordon, and I'm proud to serve as the 95th president of the greatest Rotary Club in the world. Our club serves our local and international community through a variety of projects, but our main focus is on youth literacy. If you're ever in town for either business or pleasure, we invite you to join us at one of our weekly lunches. More information about meeting time and location can be found at lasvegasrotary.com. Now, sit back and enjoy this week's speaker. Thank you. I think one thing that Jim needs to do next year, one of his first jobs, will be to have a meeting teaching people how to talk into the microphone. You people on that side, nobody on this side can hear you. So, that'll Jim, that'll be Jim's first job, yeah. All right. My distinct honor and and pleasure to introduce our speaker today, uh, UNLV President Dr. Len Jessup. He has been our president here for three and a half years, and I'm not going to read all this because I know you all know how to read. Uh, he, he came here uh, from Eller College of Management at the University of Arizona, and he has been a professor of entrepreneurship, and, and I'll let you read that. And the important thing, he was a former baseball player and California Junior College system, and that, uh, that speaks highly of his, uh, his prowess, I guess. He has a BA, an MA, MBA, and a PhD from University of Arizona. And Len resides with his fiancée, Christy Staub, who is a former broadcast industry executive, and she owns and operates a successful leadership and sales training business. And... Len has a daughter who is a sophomore in college and a son who's a sophomore in high school. So he will be very busy with education for many years to come. And I would like to introduce President Len Jessup. Thanks, Carolyn. Can you hear me? Everybody okay? All right. <laughs> Just making sure. I don't want to get scolded when I go back to the table. But hey, th thanks for the time today. I think it's my third or fourth time here with the group, and I see a lot of familiar and very friendly faces, and I really appreciate it. Um, it's, uh, I, I thought what I would do is just say a few words about things happening at the university. It's actually it's a magical time at the university with everything happening right now, uh, despite my situation. We can talk about that if you want to. But the, uh, the university is doing great, and I just wanted to hit a few highlights with everybody today. Then I'm going to get to the, the most important thing, and that's getting to Mich talking about Michelle, and we've got a few nice things uh, to give to her some awards. But university, we're celebrating the 60th anniversary of UNLV this year, to, throughout this school year. Yeah. Can you believe it? 60 years. It wasn't that long ago. This started as Nevada Southern uh, on, a, on the edge of town on Maryland Parkway. Uh, and you think about it at the time, that was the edge of town. Uh, and now... The university, we, uh, last year we broke, uh, in terms of student enrollments, we broke the 30,000 student mark for the first time. Uh, we've been growing about 2-3% every year. We'll grow again another 2-3% this coming year. And based on the growth of the, of the you know, southern Nevada, we're, we're predicting that'll keep going if we wanted to. 2-3% a year, uh, we're predicting that out for about 10 years. Uh, the university is going to hit 40,000 students uh, before you blink an eye. So the incredible growth in a short amount of time. The university's really come a long way in a short amount of time. You think about not that long ago, 
uh, when it was Nevada Southern. Then kind of around the 1990s under Carol Harder was really when UNLV kind of became a research university. It started to offer the doctorate degree, the Ph.D., and then we were looking for faculty that were not only good teachers, but they could do research as well. Now, you kind of fast forward very quickly and not a very, uh, in a short amount of time. UNLV now does, last year we brought in about $70 million in research grants, just in the grants, from the National Science Foundation, the National Institutes of Health, um, about $70 million a year in grant awards. That grew about 30% last year. It'll grow up, it'll go again by another 20, 30% this coming year. So, I mean, think about that. That It sort of emerged as this national research university kind of overnight. That really happened relatively quickly. That doesn't happen very often around the country. And all of that happened without a medical school. Now, we've got a medical school on top of that. That's just launched this last year with our first cohort of 60 students. Thanks to uh, the community. I've got a couple people in this room that participated in that. All 60 of those students, they're just wrapping up their first year, that cohort of 60 students. Every one of them is on full-ride, four-year scholarships, thanks to the community. Imagine that. That does not happen very often around the country. And the great thing about the medical school is not only everything it's going to do for the community, that, that's going to, you know, we're, we're in a dire a shortage for doctors in the community. Uh, but that the medical school will contribute to that. It also ultimately will end up adding a two or three billion dollar economic impact in addition to what the university does. But the medical school also is going to single handedly propel UNLV into that upper echelon at universities around the country. We've been talking about that as top tier, tier one. That's the strategic plan at the universities to get it up to that that top level. The medical school will do that all by itself uh, in addition to everything else that's going on. You'll see that that seventy, eighty million dollar year in research grants. That's going to double. It won't take that long to get there. And then, and then by the Carnegie Foundation, you're miraculously then you're now you're you're at their top level. That we've been pushing on that. That's important because of the economic impact that it has in a community. Those are universities that that, that have multi billion dollar economic impact, and the research is cranking at a level where you have you have companies that come out of the research and then they spin out into the community and then they grow up in the community. And that's how you get companies like Dell Computers, Michael Dell coming out of the University of Texas. Um, I was at Washington State University. We had a student there teamed up, <clears throat> teamed up with Bill Gates. Uh, Paul Allen was our student at WSU. And the two of them in their dorm rooms late at night, they come, you know, they come up with the idea for Microsoft. All these interesting, really interesting tech and biotech companies typically come out of universities, university life, university research. And so that's why we've been pushing so hard to get to this top tier level because of what it'll do for the community and adding that economic value, that economic benefit. And we're getting there. There's actually already several startup companies each year. Two or three, four each year now come out of the university, little fledgling startups. When we get to that next level here in the next few years, you're going to look at more like 15, 20 companies come out every year. Uh, and then eventually some of them grow up and they stick. And before you know it, you've got an Amgen sitting in your backyard that's developed out of the university. So anyway, incredible growth on the research side too. And that's all pretty new. Medical schools humming right along, going really well. Uh, they just got a big federal grant, a cancer grant. They're doing a lot of work with the Cleveland Clinic on some uh, issues in brain disease. The medical school is, is going 
great guns. I'm really proud of them. I mentioned uh, a couple of the things I wanted to mention was that I think Michael talked about what's going on, uh, and we actually, as a part of our our prayer today, was around the Las Vegas Knights, uh, Golden Knights. I just wanted to put in a plug for the Knights for what they've done for us at the university. They didn't have to do any of this, but when they built City National Arena, it's kind of their headquarters and their practice arena, they put in, if you've been up there, two sheets of ice, one of them was really for us. It's for our, uh, we have a really good hockey team. It's, a cl- it's club hockey. We haven't taken it up yet to being an, an official sport. But it's a really successful club hockey team uh, nationally. They put in another sheet of ice just for us, and they built the whole locker room just for us. Our team now, that's their headquarters. They have their own locker room. They play. They practice there. They do tournaments there. We didn't pay for any of that. Uh, uh, Foley and his crew And that team did all of that for UNLV. So next time you you see those guys, congratulate them on unprecedented, uh, you know, success as a as a a franchise and expansion team. I mean, it's unparalleled in any sport anywhere for an expansion team to do that. Congratulate them on that and thank them for what they've done for UNLV. They've been they've been huge for us. Yeah, thank you. And then uh, one more on the sports theme. I got to go out last week, every day at 3.30 p.m., out at the site for the uh, Raider Stadium, they, they blow up the caliche. They literally about a, have about 100 uh, yards of dynamite sticks, and then they, and they, they hit a button and they blow that all up. They're blow, kind of blowing up the caliche section by section. So last week, or week before, I can't remember exactly, uh, I got to go up and do the, you know, hit the button to do the blow up the caliche. That was, you know... Thrill of a lifetime. Uh, Pretty cool uh, to get to do that. (laughs) It's pretty neat. Um, But then I got to kind of roam around in a little golf cart and do the hard hat tour. And that thing's really coming out of the ground. It's hard to see from the freeway when you go by because they're going down. Uh, It's on a grade. And so I think at the deepest point, boy, it looks like it's a good 40, 50 feet that they've dug down. And they're already, that infrastructure is built up just about to the level of the freeway. When you drive by, you still really can't see any of it, but there's a lot going on there underground. And I say this just to say that, again, next time you see those guys around at an event around town, please thank them for everything they're doing for us uh, and in in the community as well. UNLV got to ride along on that deal. That was a part of them for them to get the public funding that they're getting through the room tax. Part of that deal was UNLV had to be a part of that deal that we get to play in the stadium when it's built in 2020. And I'll, the law, I'll tell you that the, the Oakland Raiders organization, all the way from Mark Davis, the owner, to Mark Bedane, the CEO, and everybody on down, they have been super to work with and really good to UNLV. We'll play in that stadium. We don't have to pay anything for the construction of that. We get to use it for all of our games and all of our pro postseason, plus three additional events of our choice. And we don't pay anything. There's no charge for us. On our game days, we just we'll, we'll cover our costs, the parking attendants and the, the people that will be tending to all the food and beverage. We pay our costs, and then we get to capture all the revenue we generate from everything around that building and in the parking lots, everything. It's a great deal for the university, and the Raiders have been super to work with uh, on that. They're going to build a, a natural turf, like in if you've been down to, in Phoenix to Cardinal Stadium, that's a natural turf on a tray, and they, and, they, and they wheel it out to grow it in the sunshine and cut it and water it, and then they wheel it back in to play on it. it millions of tons 
just in the field, back and forth on a tray. Same thing here. And the Raiders are going to play on that natural turf. And then, and then they're buying us artificial turf that we'll play on. <clears throat> and they're going to cover the costs of setting it up you know, for our game and taking it down after our game is done. And then they'll wheel their turf in when they play on that, their natural turf. Um, they're designing a beautiful locker room for us. We've got a bunch of offices uh, for when we do our stuff there and we're playing our games. It's a, it's a tremendous deal for the university. Uh, and, uh, and just kudos to the Raiders and to really everybody in the state for building us into that deal. Uh, that means so much to us, not only athletically, but academically as well. Just to, uh, it, it's already affecting our recruiting in football. Football is the big sport that generates the revenue that pays for all the other sports. So, I mean, it, it helps us financially in athletics. We've got Pac-12 schools that already want to play home-and-home -home games with us because of the new stadium. We've never had that before. Our, our opening game in that stadium will be against Cal. Cal was the first Pac-12 school, Berkeley, that said we'd like to do a home-and-home. -home. Wisconsin's now from, telling, from the Big Tens telling us they'd like to do that as well. Um, but then that, that's going to end up pulling us up into one of the big conferences, that the stadium really will be the thing that finally pulls us up into the Pac-12 or the Big 12. And then that means a lot for us academically, you know, to, to say that now we're running with Cal and Stanford and UCLA and these other great schools. That's the league that we're in. It means a lot for us in terms of recruiting faculty. So next time you see any of the Raiders, folks, please congratulate them for coming and thank them for what they're doing for us. So anyway, I'll stop there. But it's a, it's a great time to be a Rebel. It's a great time to be at the university. There's a lot of, lot of really fun stuff happening on our 60th. I might have a few minutes, Michael, for any questions, comments, advice. Okay, great. Anything? Yes. Oh, okay, got it. Just a comment. On the evening when the third presidential debate was held here, Nevada State had our 250-seat auditorium opened to have our students, the faculty, and the community present. What had happened is when President Jessup was introduced, the entire auditorium stood up, and the cheering that went on was so palpable because of the pride everyone felt because we were able to host something so significant. And I wanted to thank President Jessup for what he's done in that type of contribution because it was so beautiful. Thank you. I you know what I'll tell you just quickly on that is that when uh, before the debate they allow the host, you, the, whoever the the president is at the university, to get up and say a few words. Rossi Rollincotter and the LBCBA was our partner on the debate. We split all the costs 50-50. So Rossi and I are backstage and we're getting ready to go up, you know, go out and greet everybody. They right before we go out, they tell us, you know, normally that the pre-game activities for the debate aren't televised. You can see them on C-SPAN, but it's not like it's not part of the CNN coverage and all that. They tell Rossi and I, just before we're going to go out, CNN is covering all of the you know, pregame. You're going to be on CNN. I, I, I don't get nervous usually talking, but I'll tell you what, when they told us that, Rossi and I looked at each other and we're like, oh. And my heart was 
start pounding. Um, hopefully I didn't look nervous when I got out there, but we were nervous. We did our little minute or two uh, before the debate. Anyways, it turned out great. I don't have a question. I have a comment. I applaud you for all your successful fundraising and your support in this community and your many successes at UNLV and very excited to learn about your future successful endeavors, but you really have accomplished a lot in four years and we applaud you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I've been telling people, so Christy and I are building a home in Henderson. We've been, we've been under contract on it since January and we're gonna keep that home uh, and so we won't be far away, and we'll be back a lot. Uh, we'd always plan on, on uh, retiring here. We'll, we'll still do that. And so you'll still see us at Rebel Games and Raider Games and, and Knights Games and, and, and other events. Uh, we love the community, and we'll always be a part. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, President Jessup, uh, I, I know everyone in this room, including me, is, is very pleased with what you've accomplished, and I think everybody in the area, and I, I guess I don't want to ask a question that's going to make you uncomfortable, but, you know, why? Uh, what, what's, what's going on with the politics and, and the, the higher, the, you're, you're clearly somebody who continued presence in this position would, would be good for the community and the college, and uh, yet it seems uh, from all that we understand and read between the lines that you're leaving is involuntary, and what, what's going on? Can you share that with well, us? I appreciate the question. Let me first say that, and I appreciate the kind words from all of you. Uh, you know, it's the last three years, three and a half years just about, have been just incredible for both Christy and for me. I, I, don't, I don't think it's us. I don't think it's me. I think it's, it's you know, as they often say, it's all about timing. Uh, it, it's been a great time to be here in this community. We just happen to have been here during the last several years when this community has been on an incredible upswing. And I think anything that's happened for the university has been a result not only of great timing, but also of everybody in this room and everybody in this community stepping up together to support UNLV and Nevada State and the other CSN and, the, and Tarot and all the entities here that have gone through really unprecedented growth in the last few years. And it's, it's been a privilege of mine to just be here while that's been happening, a, a privilege to have been a part of it. I can't say a lot about what's happening with my exit. What I will say, I can say two things. One, uh, I wrote a very careful letter as a part of my exit. Uh, the letter is now public. It uh, speaks for itself. Uh, it's um, accurate. Uh, and, and I think uh, not, not only is accurate on the, on the points, but I also, I think, kind of captured my emotions about leaving. It's not, you know, this is a bittersweet move for us. Uh, the second thing that I'll say is that um, I do think, I, I hope if there's anything that's come out of my time here, I hope that it's a catalyst uh, for what I believe is a needed change in the governance model around higher ed in the state. I think Carolyn would agree. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's a need for a change in the way that the, the institutions are, are governed. And I, I, hope, I hope this becomes a catalyst for that happening. And I, I need to leave it at that. Yeah, thanks. Other questions? We need to I get to Michelle. Yeah, all right. Should we go? All right. Michael, with your help. Okay. Well, this is the best thing I get to do. Michelle Kizon graduates summa cum laude with a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. Come on up, Michelle. Bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. She's got four finals she still has to take. 
Two hard ones and two easy ones, she said. Her accolades include concurrently taking pre-med and engineering coursework and four, working on four fully funded research uh, projects as well, including an Amgen Scholar Internship at Stanford, an NSF uh, Pyre Fellowship uh, in South Korea, an honors thesis that she's working on, and numerous presentations spanning the international, national, state, and university level. So she's been very busy with us. Outside of classes, Michelle has served as a nationally recognized social justice advocate, uh, a resident assistant, an RA for us, a Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation volunteer. She's been also our student rec building manager. Uh, she's been an honors college mentor, Alpha Gamma Delta Alumni Relations Board, and Alpha Psi Rho Sweetheart. Off campus, she's uh, also uh, in the International Powerlifting uh, Association. She's been a champion for that, as well as uh, doing things with the CrossFit organization. I don't know how you have the time to do all this stuff. Oh, man. Uh, she's on a direct route uh, to getting her, her PhD, I think, as you can tell. Uh, and on the way, she's earned more than 825000 worth of scholarship offers to several of the top bioengineering graduate programs around the country. She's uh, selected the Georgia Institute of Technology, Georgia Tech, nationally ranked number two program. That's where you're headed. Georgia Tech, Ramblin' Rec. Do you know that song? Okay. Uh, she was named a President's Fellow, uh, and an honor that's presented to only the top 10% of the applicants across the country, uh, across all of Georgia Tech's graduate programs. Uh, she intends to cure diseases with regenerative medicine using biomaterials and drug therapeutics. Uh, and good on you for choosing that as a life's work. So, Michael, I'll need your help. We've got a few things to present. Um, yes. So um, what is being presented today is the Nevada Centennial Medallion. And for those of you who have not been in the club too long, our club bought in 1964 100 silver medallions that I learned last night were the lost silver that was mined from the Nevada mine before it closed. And so we have 100 medallions that we award every year to the highest achieving UNLV student. So President Jessup agreed today to, to come and present this to Michelle. So congratulations, Michelle, and thank you, President Jessup. having me. I'm very happy to be here and I do not think I would have earned this education at another institution other than UNLV. I didn't, I didn't ask her to say that. That was totally impromptu. Thank you, Michelle. So before you leave, um, thanks, Michelle. I'm sure Dave Thorson, if you don't have a flex photo, make sure you get one of Michelle CrossFit. Um, and President Jessup, um, I think I speak for all of us when I say uh, we're sorry to see you go. And uh, it's our club's tradition to present our speaker with a Share What You Can Award, where we will present a, a hot meal to a homeless vet in your name. But we wish we could do more because we need you in our community. So thank you for coming today.
President Jeffsop will be around if you want to ask him a couple of questions. But with that, Rotary is like tennis. The one who serves best usually wins. Now go forth and make a difference. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful meeting of the Rotary Club of Las Vegas. If you're interested in membership or want to know more about our upcoming projects and speakers, please visit lasvegasrotary.com for more information. Now go forth and make a difference.